You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun and science-based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Hello, I'm Susie. And I'm Lisa, and this is The Coaching Cast. We're the no-nonsense podcast, chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints, and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses, and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously, well, it's just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we are talking about storytelling in the workplace. We explore the art of a good story, how they can be used in the world of work, and our top tips for building your storytelling confidence. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, which is actually our final episode of this season. So this is our finale episode, episode 10 of uh, season seven. So before we get into it and talk about storytelling, what have you been up to? What's been going on? So we're going to launch straight into a story then. It's a, well, you know, technically that's what you and I try to Love do it. in every How Are You is tell each other a story of what's been going on. So <laughs> if you recall last week on Tuesday when we recorded episode nine, I was getting excited because I was off to uh, have a massage in the afternoon. That was going to be my treat. And it was the first time I'd visited this particular beauty place. Established. I was like, what do you call it? It wasn't a spa. I think they thought they were a spa, but I'm telling you now, they were not a spa. Oh, um, tell me more. So I was really looking forward to this particular massage. And let's just say it was a disappointment. So I like a good, firm massage. And I, I don't literally... Know I'm laughing. Yeah, well, it sounds inappropriate straight away. But this was like an hour of being stroked. Oh, no. It was so dissatisfying. So I arrived and the place looked really nice. I thought, oh, this place is nice. And this woman welcomed me in and she just launched straight into, you know, the, the whole like get your kit off routine and lie down there. And I was like, oh, okay. I was thinking, are we not going to talk about my needs and whether I've got any particular areas of interest where I'd like some extra attention? <laughs> are we not going to talk about my general health preamble but yeah whether I've got any injuries you know it's that's kind of 
standard practice if you're a professional massage establishment you have to go through those things i think for health and safety as well no none of that she was just like right get on the bed get your kit off i was thinking oh bloody hell um it's a bit forward um and then she started at my feet now i am i've had a lot of massages um swedish massages especially now you always start at the top and you work your way down you work at your shoulders, your back, and then you work down. And I think it's because of the way you're supposed to be moving the tension out of your body through your feet. You know, the way you okay, circulate, not yeah. pushing it all back in. Anyway, I had actually taken the initiative of being forthcoming and saying my back's particularly sore on the left side around my left shoulder blade. So I'd really mm-hmm. like some attention around there. Well, she spent about half an hour on my thighs and my calves. I was thinking that is not my left shoulder blade. So, and it was lots of stroking, lots of stroking. It was very disconcerting, very disconcerting. And and to be fair, I felt like I was being oiled up like some sort of chicken for the roast. I mean, it was, it was very strange. Because especially because I asked her, oh, what oil are you using? And she did say sunflower. Now, I nearly nearly did laugh out loud because I was thinking, flower oil I mean you're used I'm used to someone saying I've got lavender I've got you know some sort of but sunflower oil I was thinking I literally am being basted so (laughs) it was it was a very bizarre experience I didn't find any of it relaxing because I spent the whole time thinking why are you why are you in my calf area um I was literally clock watching I was thinking I think she spent at least a third of the time on one thigh she didn't thinking... sprinkle any like dried rosemary or salt and pepper on you at, at the bit same of oregano time. no it was <laughs> very you up. well I felt that way and then when she eventually got to my back I mean it was weird it was it was overall extremely disappointing thankfully I think I had a 20% off voucher discount because they're new so I didn't pay very much for it but they were like here's a loyalty card so that you know, the more you come, the more you get off. I was like, I will never come back again. I like no way. You know, the fact that by this was Tuesday, by Thursday, I still had backache. I was thinking, yeah, that just didn't do. Yeah. It was so <laughs> rubbish. What a letdown! Oh my god, I love the fact that she used sunflower oil. That's I know. I actually, brilliant. I got home and I just felt so <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> well, I was disappointed, but I felt so oily and sticky <laughs> and like. <laughs> It was just, it, I actually checked out when she said, oh, you like, that's finished. It's all over. I was thinking, oh, thank God for that. Um, and she said, oh, you need to put your clothes back on now. I checked out the products while she was out of the room because I was thinking, I was half expecting to see like, you know, a local supermarket own brand plastic oil bottle that you find in your kitchen or a vat just sitting on the side with like yeah. sunflower oil. Um Anyway, no, it was one of those pump action, but all it right. said on it was relax oil. I was thinking that's budget. That's <laughs> oh. so budget. So yeah, I won't be going there again. Oh, honestly. Well, that is a good story to bring to the season finale about storytelling. Um, and I love the fact that you basically had a stroke with some sunflower oil getting you ready for a roast dinner, essentially. <laughs> yeah, for a roast um, Honestly. We're roasting. Love it. Oh my God, that's so good. Well, actually, on the subject of um having a massage, that actually links really well into the story I was going to tell. Because do you remember a couple of episodes ago, 
I shared that I'd hurt my back or that my back yes. had gone into spasm. Yes, during a, a an online meeting. During a Zoom call. Uh, not my finest moment, I'll be honest. Um, well, it was all fine. I'd done my YouTube physio. It was all it was all. Oh, that's fine. right. Yeah. You self-medicated. Well, I'm gonna come back to that in a second. So I was all fine, you know. I was, it, I was still a bit gingerly kind of aware of it when I was working out and walking and stuff, but I was fine, you know, the, all good. And then basically on Thursday, so last week, um, my son was like, "Can we go to soft play tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Every parent's we- worst nightmare. Well, actually, you got to be strategic. Well, I find and I am strategic about soft play, right? I go to the smallest one, <laughs> <laughs> the one where I can either see him and there's like less hazards. And I never go on a weekend. Choose your day, choose your time. <laughs> Lunchtime, great time to go. There's a top tip for you because most people have gone by that point. Lunchtime is a, is a great time. Anyway, um, we also had the nursery bear with us because. Oh God. So anyone who's got kids at nursery will probably know that you get, you have, you have to take it in turns to host the nursery bear, right? And you take it on all the activities with you and you've got a photograph it and then write its diary and it has a little suitcase and like, cute. Yes. But it's just like another thing to add to the mental load. You get me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, Arthur's like, let's take, it's bears called Bertie. So like, let's take Bertie bear to soft play. I was like, really? I could do without taking Bertie bear, Bertie bear to soft play, but fine. So anyway, I'm not going to, you know, be the one to destroy Bertie Bear's soft play dreams. So in he comes with us, all going fine. Anyway, we're kind of careering around soft play. Bertie Bear is on the coffee table. So I've managed to get him, Arthur, to realise that we don't need to take Bertie Bear into the actual kind of play area because I didn't want him to get lost, etc. So he's standing guard he's watching everybody we're going around careering around and I'm like yeah fine forgotten that I'd hurt my back a week before okay completely forgotten that was like oh oh, god last week's news so there's these two kind of like circular kind of steps and they've got like a hole in and you 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 kind of climb through the hole if you know what I mean yeah onto the next one and then onto a platform so off I am doing that thinking look at me like active mum yeah, I'm so cool. Bertie Bear's watching me. He's thinking she's a cool mum. Yeah, I did my back in, didn't I? As I <laughs> twisted through the hole onto the platform. Oh, and I'm God. Like, oh, so off we go again. I'm like, oh, ah, I've, I've done my back. And, uh, so get home. And then over the course of the afternoon, basically this discomfort in my lower back is accelerating at quite a rapid pace. And I'm thinking, I need to go and see somebody. Oh, right. So, I'm ringing round like physios, osteopaths, whatever in Cheshire. I tell you what, there is a there is a gap in the market. If anyone wants to be or is an osteopath and they are in the Cheshire area, you need to set up a practice because they're on. I couldn't get an appointment till the fifteenth of May. I was like, I am in pain right now. I need some help. Oh like goodness. anyway. So then my husband's like, Oh. I think through my work, you can ring this helpline and speak to somebody. So give me this number. So ring in this person, get an appointment booked booked with Alison, right? So I'm thinking, right, Alison's going to sort me out here. She's going to give me a referral. I'm going to get in like tomorrow. I'm going to be great. I'm sorted. So anyway, still in discomfort at this point. Um, 
so get this call back from Alison. We go through all these questions. She's a very nice lady. She gets me to do all these exercises. <clears throat> we get to the end of the conversation. She goes, right, Susie, um, I'm going to give you some exercises to do. I was like, what? She's like, I'm going to give you some exercises mm. to do. And we're going to see how that goes for three weeks. I was like, for God's sake. So I was like, right. Anyway, she sends me this follow-up email, right, with these exercises on. I go on it. It's the link to the YouTube video that I've already been using. No. <laughs> oh, well, I take it back. Clearly, it was an effective uh, method. I hope you didn't, have to do, you hope you didn't pay And I'm still no further forward, guys. I'm still not, can't get to see an osteopath or a flipping physio. I've still got a dodgy back and Bertie Bear's just laughing his head off at me. So... <laughs> yeah anyway oh anyway goodness. anyway so youtube physio is where it's at guys that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> Great. all right right let's get into today's episode then we're gonna be talking about storytelling in the workplace having recently attended tedx manchester an inspiring event brimming with learnings anecdotes and top tips there is one thing I remember more clearly than anything else from that day, and that is a story. The incredible story of a superhuman nurse who discovered she could smell Parkinson's disease. Now, I consumed a lot of information over that day, and as time has gone on, my brain has filtered a lot of it out, but I can still remember that one incredible story the finer details, the point behind it, and also how it made me feel. So this got us thinking at the coaching cast about storytelling. What is it about stories? Their use and power within the workplace is often underestimated. Stories can change the way we think, act, and feel. They can form the building blocks of workplace cultures, and they have huge power and potential to inspire us all. Stories capture our imaginations, illustrate our ideas, awaken our passions and inspire us in a way that cold hard facts often just can't. So why is it when it comes to telling a story, many of us are at a loss, we shy away and often hold ourselves back in sharing our stories at work? So Lisa, <laughs> Have you ever come across anyone in your career who has perfected the art of good storytelling? This is really interesting because actually I have utilised storytelling myself in the workplace and used it as a technique to engage. I'm unsure in my memory whether that was inspired by anyone else who I'd witnessed doing it or whether that was more of a technique that I'd learned about or read about and then decided to employ. So I do think there were individuals who I found particularly engaging at work. And I don't know whether it was necessarily that they told a good story, but I do know that the reason I found them engaging was because of how they shared information in yeah. terms of they brought energy they spoke clearly 
And often what I found engaging was the authenticity they brought with to everything that they shared. So it was honest. It was often relatable. It was spoken in language that could easily be understood to the audience at the time. It was relevant, if that makes sense. And I do think that's something you've always got to think about when you tell a story is who are you telling it to? and adapting as necessary and actually it could at times be quite personal and because I am an individual who really values authenticity and honesty and I love personability I think I was always engaged in that approach anyway and it's interesting how you reference the TEDx experience you had in Manchester and the story shared by the superhuman nurse because Actually, I think a lot of what I've just talked about in terms of elements were present in that example. So, yeah, so I don't I can't think of anyone particularly off the top of my head that I would say that really stands out. As being a great storyteller, it's probably more that actually just the techniques they utilized and yeah. how they did it is what I find memorable. But I do recognize storytelling as a really powerful technique and I do know that I've employed it myself mm. so I know somebody um I've actually got a call with them later today so it's oh. annoying that I haven't got a call with them <clears throat> before we recorded this podcast yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy called Mike he is an absolutely brilliant storyteller and he uses stories a lot in his practice mm. and in his work. He's a um, a coach, and um, he um has a real skill of um formulating stories to to kind of um demonstrate theory or points mm. that he's mm. trying to land, but in a way, in the stories that he tells and the examples he uses it brings those concepts to life in just quite a straightforward way. And as we all know, I am a simple, straightforward human. Mm. So I need simplicity. <laughs> That's how I kind of get it and I learn. Mm. So his stories always really resonate really well with me. He is phenomenal at storytelling. Um, and I suppose, what does he do? <clears throat> he sets it up. So he says very clearly, like, um, oh, I'm just going to share a story with you now, or I'm going to like let you know a story, or I've got a story here that brings this to life. Mm. So he kind of signposts it in the conversation. He sets it up really well. And so because immediately like stories are a bit different in the workplace or in work conversations, for some reason, he's immediately got my attention. Mm. Like I'm like, mm. oh, I want to hear more. Oh yeah, like tell me about the story. Because it's not like, here's a pie chart, this percentage is 25%, this percentage is 33%. These are the key trends. Like that's all really, really important. But my engagement is immediately higher when someone's like, I've got a story to tell you because it just mm. feels different. Yeah. I think it sparks our imagination. Exactly. I mean, we've been, in, we've, as a, you know, as human beings, we've employed storytelling since day dot. I mean, if you think about it, using religion as an example a lot of the religious texts that exist are based on stories so the bible is based heavily on stories and i think so much of how we've learned over the our our lifetime so when you think about school and even when you're small as a child 
the way we engage in information and we learn information is through storytelling. And I think it sparks our imagination. And that's where the creativity, like where the engagement, the heightened engagement comes from, because actually it's a way to digest information in a much more inspiring, interesting way. And that's where I think the power of it comes from. He's like thinking about Mike, he really sets the scene really well as well. I remember like I was doing some training with him at the end of last year and he set this, he told this story where he set this scene about he was um, training to be a professional sportsman around um, like javelin. And he sets this scene about how he was, at a, um, he was on, it was a particular evening I remember that it was winter. Like, why do I remember that? Like, so random, but that's really resonating with me. So again, I can, my imagination has been sparked. I can um, start to picture what a winter evening might look like. I remember him saying like, it was cold, but it wasn't too cold because we were still outside, but I was a bit anxious and that wasn't helping my breathing because like of how cold it was. And again, I can remember all of these details. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't there. And the story he's referring to is like 25 years old. Yeah. And, you know, he tells this and he really sets the scene. Yeah. So, you know, I was really hooked. And so he goes on to, you know, tell this story. It's about performance, basically, and it's about marginal gains. So the, you know, the more you, um, you know, focus on something little by little, often mm. frequently, you get that gain. So, you know, it was really, really interesting. And that's way more impactful for me hearing that story and bringing that concept to life around marginal gains than just talking to me about what marginal gains are. A hundred percent. And what it sounds like as well is Mike is tapping into all of your senses. And again, yeah, exactly. that's such an incredible technique with impactful storytelling is to do exactly that, where you start connecting and how you're describing to, you know, what you can see, what you can smell, what yeah. you can hear, what you're feeling because that actually, as it's being described, it actually can awaken all of those senses in ourselves because we know what that can feel like. We know what that can sound like. We know what that can look like. But even as you're describing it, it's actually sparking off all of those senses to us. It's accessing memories of our own. And that's where you're creating that huge depth in what you're saying that therefore is connecting with you and to the point where now it's memorable because it stays with you to your exactly. point so much more than just saying marginal gains are this <laughs> yeah because I'm just, like, just oh, talking what? about flat facts and data exactly exactly so on this idea then of like storytelling mm. um and your storytelling confidence because it is a skill yes to be able to tell a good a good story yeah and actually there is a confidence that comes with embarking on it so on a scale of one to ten where would you rate your own story conf storytelling confidence at the moment I would probably say it's a seven so I really enjoy stories and I as I've already shared I recognize the power of storytelling and mm. it was a technique that I employed when I was in a leadership role um a number of years ago when sharing information with individuals and I actually found storytelling really really powerful when initiating change and it was often during change initiatives 
in the department that I was in that I would encourage us to utilize storytelling to bring it to life and to enable it to be engaging for individuals and to help share around you know the context of well why are we going through this change and let's talk about it in terms of a bit of a start middle end let's incorporate your heroes and your villains because they're such key um, characters within a story and again that's your traditional storytelling that people are totally aware of I mean it's it's the structure of storytelling that is as ages uh, you know as old as time that's the foundation of all films books you know Walt Disney totally capitalized on that whole structure of storytelling as do Marvel do you know what I mean it's like that's what we all recognize um so we used to encourage our management team together to pull together that kind of structure to enable messages we were sharing initiatives to be more engaging um so it's definitely something i'm conscious of and feel fairly confident in i know it's actually a technique i've utilized heavily in my coaching when i'm marketing myself and when i'm talking to people about the idea of coaching is to share actually my story of how i found coaching because i find that brings coaching to life in a much more tangible way but I think where I could be even better is around the, the way I tell the story. So I can always be more concise. I use a thousand words when I could use a hundred. And I think conciseness is a real key factor in storytelling because if it isn't punchy, you'll lose people quite quickly because none of us have a particular long attention span. So I think conciseness is where I could improve. And I also think listening to how you describe Mike as a storyteller I could be better at accessing all the senses as well which is not something I'm confident in doing yet yeah what about you uh, yeah so I was I would say I'm a seven as well um at the moment and I would say that's grown I'd say three maybe three four years ago I was probably a four wow so that's a big growth I would say <laughs> Yeah, I'd say like there's been definitely some growth there. I think the reason for that is I've become more confident in using it in my toolkit than maybe I was in the corporate setting, hmm. which is kind of what we alluded to in the intro is that, you know, when you're in an organization, sometimes it can feel a bit different hmm. using stories because it is, it's about, because it's about, you know, tapping into that imagination, which doesn't feel as kind of traditional in, yes. in that more yeah. corporate setting. Um, so I've become more confident about using it in my toolkit and sim similar to you I use stories a lot in my coaching practice with clients I also use stories a lot in my training workshops especially when I'm talking about sales mm. because I find that people have a bit of a blocker anyway when it comes to talking about sales <laughs> and stories <Me>. <laughs> um, <laughs> stories really can bring some of those concepts to life in terms of how we might want to approach sales and also about actually the fact that it's just really a conversation and building mm. a relationship with people um but anyway we're not talking about sales today we're talking about storytelling but we do a whole you know, episode on sales <laughs> we could we could um so storytelling is then a, a really powerful um, tool to bring some of those theories and concepts to life um, I found and you know especially in training I think when you you know we've all been there haven't you when you sign up and you think right I've got half day training here time out my diary I've got 
million emails I should be looking at. I've got stuff on my to-do list I need to be getting on, but I've got to go to this training. And I think, you know, I'm very passionate about ensuring that the training I do is very memorable for the Mm. right reasons. (laughs) Um, And stories play into that quite a lot um, for me. So yeah, I've become more confident using stories. I think I've still got work to do. I'm working progress, definitely. Um, and you know our CBPs may be judging us now on the stories we tell at the start of of our episodes around you know when we talk about our weeks and how we've been and what we've been up to and stuff um because I'm now sitting here reflecting thinking god that story I just told one did it have a like really clear point to it I'm not sure did it yeah don't go to soft play don't go to soft play um and um you know just do you know what I mean kind of thinking about it now I'm reflecting back I'm like oh no what what did that story say so I think there's a piece there around you know becoming confident about that formula I suppose yes and and what makes the elements the ingredients of a good story but it's very very powerful so we've touched a bit upon upon it there but you know, when do you think storytelling has a role at work? What scenarios does it really, really come on into its own? So I think storytelling can be really powerful in many different scenarios. And I think if you start to utilise it and practice doing it, you'll find actually that it becomes a habit of how you engage people. Now, yeah. You've mentioned training. I think if you do any training or teaching of any kind, employing storytelling to bring concepts to life is really engaging. And I think it really helps to give people focus. I think it energizes sessions. Um, And I think it is also really great in training to share your stories and to invite others to do the same. I think that is a really great way of building a very inclusive trusting learning environment where people have the ability to learn from one another because we all have the ability to do that I think because all of us have got our own experiences and we can start learning from each other's um, experiences and what's worked what's not worked if we so invite it so I think when you tell a story actually what you're doing often is sparking inspiration in other people about their own stories that could be relevant and encourage them to also share. So I think training is a really great scenario. I think sharing any form of message. I think if you're in a role yeah. that, you know, especially in a management role, it is part of your responsibility to share messages, whether that's around the organisation, whether that's actually to do with um, initiatives you're leading on, you know, even if it's your team and you're sharing information in, like across departments with, you know, in, in terms of engaging others who you want to collaborate with, any messages you're ever sharing or communicating, I think can have a lot more power if you consider how to share information in a storytelling sense, because it's always going to help people to engage, be interested. It adds energy and creativity to a space, which is inspiring for others. I think it really helps actually other people to think. Yeah, definitely. Tapping into more of the creative parts of everybody's brains. You're not sharing information flat. 
Um, so yeah. it helps with that absorption. So I think sharing information, training, as I said, change initiatives, I've always found storytelling so, so helpful with trying to progress change, you know, around whether it's change in process, change in policy, change in system, change in, you name it, you can do it in any context, I think. It just helps people just to sit and absorb um, and to do so in a, you know, storytelling is playful. I think that's the other thing. We haven't talked about that, but it is playful. So actually it often enables people to relax. Um, and again, if you're in a more relaxed state, you absorb information a lot better mm-hmm. because you're open. You know, when we're in a bit high stress mode and change often and, uh, triggers stress quite quickly because people do, you know, accept change in very different ways. But actually, it really helps to keep people in a relaxed state. So they're much more open minded. Yeah. Definitely. And I think and I think any workplace that utilizes play more is a much more creative, open, inclusive space. I don't think that's and that's not done enough in workplaces. You know, when we're all so formal and serious, you close people down. It does the opposite. And that's really interesting because that also leads into a scenario where I think storytelling becomes really powerful, <clears throat> but it's slightly utilized in a slightly different way, which is around conflict. Mm. Um, so I've been in a situation before where like a couple of colleagues haven't been getting on or you can see there's tension there. Mm. And I've been like, right, I'm going to help facilitate. Or, and also it was my role really to just help facili- facilitate the movement, the the progress of this, so that mm. this conflict is resolved and we can all move forward. And I remember being in a in a, in a meeting where I was having a one to one with one one of the people, and um, I was going to have a one to one with the other person as well. But to this particular individual, I just said, "Okay, you know, we know there's there's some challenges with this person in this situation. Okay, so just talk to me. What's what's the story?" and I just said that. So like, what's the story? And this person then tells me absolutely their version of events. But because I use the word story, so like, what's the story? Then the way they responded back was actually quite different to how I knew they would have responded if I just asked like, what's been going on? Hmm. So they kind of, started very much at like the beginning which the beginning in this instance was like two and a half years ago and they kind of set that context and as they were telling their story which essentially is their version of events yeah yeah um and I say their story like I'm not mocking it I'm like you know it's their you know in this instance it it is their story because it's real to them it's true yeah 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 absolutely and it's their experience it's their lived experience their lived story of this of this situation and their story of how we got to this point Mm. but actually I began to realize more about why they were struggling why there was conflict there because they'd started kind of quite a long way back in time um, like two and a half years ago and things began to make a bit more sense now because I didn't know any of that and actually I only knew kind of more of the short-term stuff that had been been going on and sometimes I you know I was reflecting and thinking if I'd had if I hadn't used that word story would I have known some of that longer term 
context in mm. detail would that have just been missed because actually they would have just focused on the here and now of what's going on and I think I've used it a few times actually with people around like yeah what's the story and you know I've all I'm always at the end of it surprised to the level of depth and information that comes from me asking that question mm. and I think it's a great question for you to use to really explore if there's tension there if there's conflict there if you want to get a bit deeper mm. but don't want to do that in a way that's you know quite formulaic do you know, do you know what I mean and, and yeah absolutely and it's it's a bit of a different kind of um vibe to things and gets people thinking a little bit deeper and a little bit differently and they'll interpret that question how they want to in terms of their story what they want yeah. to share yeah and again I think just the word story it does connect with our childlike state it goes into that more playful space and that's where I think you'll get people relaxing opening up and actually considering well what is my start middle end yeah what is the journey through that period of time so I do think it helps to move you into a different headspace yeah for sure okay so what do you think makes a good story then so what is a formula to a good story we you talked there about having a clear start middle and end yeah do you think that's a, a good piece of the formula absolutely I think it has to have structure and I think this comes back to therefore then helping you to be concise so keep the story focused so I think the more you've got that structure of a start middle and an end even if the end is not yet set in stone it could be an end in the future and maybe the end is open but you can give a sense of where we're going I think that's really important as a first part I think the other is considering the traditional sense of a story and its structure you know nearly all stories like I said have a they've got a lead character they've got a protagonist they've got a hero they've got a villain like some of the best stories when you think about it they are based they're like um I can't remember what they're called I think it's something like your moral stories the ones that teach us about morals and values they nearly always have that scenario where the protagonist needs to overcome a challenge and it's about how they go about that and what they encounter along the way and you can totally adopt that in a work context because you can talk about it in respect of well who are the characters within the story it's the team or teams plural you know who's the who's the lead protagonist well in most stories you tell at work you're asking the listener to put themselves in the shoe of the protagonist because it's about them being incorporated within it and then it's like well who's the who are the heroes who are the villains and don't you know don't read too much in the villain word but then it's like well what's the challenge we've got to overcome well again you can totally bring that into a work context because so much of what a lot of what we're doing in work is always about resolving problems challenges navigating situations and then you can articulate and say what's the end goal where do we want to conclude this story where's the point we want to meet you know where's the point we want to reach sorry um so I think it's thinking about it always in that way and then considering the description because I think that is where you can then really embellish and elevate your story it's how you actually bring it to life and so I would think about that in terms of your description how do you tap into all the senses? Because that is so powerful as a technique. And 
how, how can you bring some energy to it and some physicality? Because that is also what is particularly engaging when you're in the audience listening to a story. It is the way the person is holding themselves, moving around. I'm not saying you have to put your arms in the air and do a dance or anything, but you do have to get <laughs> quite, you know, be animated because that is engaging. So you do have to think about your tone of voice, your body, how you're moving around, you know, how you're actually maintaining eye contact. Is that kind of actual then thinking about the presentation of the story that's quite a bit of humor as well but if humor always yeah always add a bit of humor I'm a lover of being a bit of a comic in that respect I think humor brings lightness and again it helps people absorb you know it's all about how do you think about your audience always that's so important with a storytelling think about your audience who are they you know and what is the message you're trying to get across so through your story so so how can you make that easy for them how can you make it enjoyable yeah how can you make it memorable so people a bit like me and Mike that story is telling me which 25 years ago I've still remembered the elements of it I wasn't there you told me that story nearly five months ago now but I've still got it there in my mind that that story that you know heard at TEDx can remember all of those finer details Mm. about that lady's career about the relationship with her husband um the first time she realized that she could smell something that was very different and that she had this superpower. Yeah, I can remember all of these yeah, like random yeah. things. You know, and our brains get so full. We, mm. you know, we filter a lot of information out. But actually, the more we digest stories, the more we hear them, actually, they t- tend to be the things that stick a bit more. And we Absolutely. Don't and out. you make such a good point there. So, you know, we were recently talking to Sam Flynn about digital well-being, and she made you know, shared the point around how quickly we lose focus at work um, and how it sounds like that's lessening even further because we're just inundated with information 24-7. You know, now that we are so connected to our phones, social media is everywhere. The fact that we can literally turn our phone, we can literally look at our phone and scroll and just be having information thrown at us constantly. It's true in the workplace as well. So actually storytelling is a great way to engage with individuals in a completely different format that enables us to consume really important facts and pieces of information in a way that will stay with us that can counteract all of that digital um, and help us to focus. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got some bare bones of some top tips there that we were talking about in order to embrace storytelling at work and actually just giving it a go and going for it seeing what happens um and becoming a bit more confident about adding it into your toolkit at work so we're going to collate our top tips and share them with you at the end of this episode it is now time for bullshit bingo where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace which make us both cringe. Our bullshit bingo for today's episode came from one of you, our CBBs, and I think it's a good one to end the season on. It is flush it out. (laughs) (laughs) This This is is a good one. It's so good. I love this one. So yeah, come on then, Suze, flush it out. 
<laughs> flush it out. Um, I don't know, I kind of say it, say it a bit aggressively there, didn't I? Like, flush it out. Um, never heard it used, I don't think. Never I used it myself. But I think if I had heard it used in the workplace, it would evoke a similar reaction in May to triage, which is I would just probably have to stand up, shout no, yeah. be repulsed, and then sit back down. <laughs> I've heard thrash it out, which, you know, like, let's let's thrash this out. Yeah. You know, when we're struggling with a problem and we need to do some brainstorming, it's like, let's thrash this out. I don't think I've ever heard flush it out. I feel like this is quite American. Quite possibly. Some of the best bullshit bingos that are just totally bizarre, I I do find are American. I feel like I can hear this being said with an American accent. Is that really bad? Um, (laughs) Sorry to all of our American listeners. Yeah, sorry. uh, For the stereotyping here. Actually, maybe you should message us and let us know whether our assumption is true. Is flush it out Mm. an Americanism? Is it a saying? Or have we just made that up? Mm. Flush it out. Like to know, definitely. Um, But yeah, it's a great one. It is a great one. You know, this CBB um heard it in con like it worked and sent us a dm and said i've got one for you i've just heard and this is what it is so can you imagine what their reaction must have been when they heard this like what was the context did they not tell you how it was used no they just said i've just oh, heard just, just heard, heard this yeah and then i was like that is a great one that is it so is a good, one. good. Flush um, it out. brilliant so yeah flush it out so i wonder oh. if any many other people have heard of it i don't know well Let's see. Let us know. Let us know if you've heard this, and if you have, how have you heard it? I would love. I would love to start receiving these bullshit bingos in sentences, so that we can actually hear how they're being used, because that would be even funnier. So yeah, if you are aware of flush it out and how it was used, or if you're the CBB that actually messaged it to us, please, please, can you get in touch and just let us know? Um, so yeah, so that's our season finale. Bullshit that's bingo. our season finale, and yeah. I would say that is a good one. It is to a good one. The season on. So don't forget, keep sending them through to us. Season eight will be coming later this year, so we will need more bullshit bingos for that. So please email them to us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, or as the CBB did, you can DM us on Instagram if you visit at the coaching cast and just yeah, drop them in. Drop them in as you hear them. That's even better. Fabulous we are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing storytelling in the workplace our top tips from today's episode are number one who are your audience and what is the message to your story number two think about the formula to a good story We think the formula has the following components, has a clear start, middle and end, is timed appropriately, has some lead characters, try and tap into the senses and make sure you have a really clear description of the story and the point behind it. And top tip number three, just give it a go. Try out that storytelling, see what happens for you and actually just start practicing and putting it in your little toolkit for work because it is honestly a great little powerful tool for you to uh, use. 
We also have some self-coaching questions that you can ask yourself. They are number one, on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate your own storytelling confidence and why? So similar to how Lisa and I rated our storytelling confidence, we would like you to do the same. Number two, how could you embrace storytelling at work and move yourself up the scale? And number three, what are you going to do differently on storytelling moving forwards? Do not worry if you can't remember all of these tips and self-coaching questions because they will be on our Instagram page, The Coaching Cast, this week. So following the episode release on Tuesday, the top tips and self-coaching questions will follow on our Instagram page. We really hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at thecoachingcast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Your support helps more than you may know. So if you like what you've heard today and also in our other six seasons of The Coaching Cast and would like to help us grow this podcast and also join our CBB community, please leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You've got no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. So at this point of the podcast, we choose our personal song recommendations to give you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. As it's the last episode in season seven, we have both chosen a song today. So I have chosen Loving is Easy by Rex Orange County. Ooh, I've not heard of this. Oh, it's really sweet. You'd like it. It's quite chill. It's a nice one. Yeah. Loving is easy. Yeah, check it out. Okay, I need to check that out. That's a great uh, recommendation. And I have chosen Gratitude by Above and Beyond featuring Marty Longstaff. So this is a little dance banger to get you all kind of mellowed and upbeat and vibing as you uh, (laughs) launch into that next meeting. (laughs) So we are going to be taking a summer break and we will be back with a brand new season of The Coaching Cast in September. So for now, thank you so much for listening to our weekly chat CBBs. We hope we have helped you to survive and thrive at work. Have a great summer. And remember, you've You've got got this CBBs. (laughs) So close, it was so close. Oh, I actually (laughs) thought we were going to get it then. Oh, damn it. So close. Yeah. It's a work in progress, people. Season eight, maybe we will finally be able to nail that last season episode conclusion. But there we go. We'll try again. We'll, we'll try, try again. again. Take care, CBBs. We'll see you soon. <laughs>